Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Acts chapter 9 and, uh, and verse, we're going to start from, uh, from verse 1. What we're going to do today is we are doing our back, what we call back to school prayer, which is basically all of those that are going back to school, whether it be um, primary school, high school, whatever it is. Um, uh, not just students, but also we're going to be praying for those that are in the education field, whether it be teachers, coaches, professors, whatever it might be. Um, we're going to be praying for you as well. Um, because uh, we do believe that God has called you, anointed you and appointed you for such a time as this, um, that, uh, that you're going to step into something great um, and it's going to be an amazing year for all of you. So we want to pray and, uh, and send you off into that, um, which is going to be awesome. So I'm going to preach a little bit of a shorter sermon and, um, and then we're going, to, uh, we're going to do that. But let's read this story real quickly. Acts chapter 9 and verse 1, it says this, Then Saul, still breathing threats, and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus that if he found any who were of the way or any who were Christians or any who were believers in Jesus, whether men or women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So Saul has been given authority to go and take out all of the Christians. Let's skip down now to Acts 9 of verse 10. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Say Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and Ananias said back to the Lord, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to a street called Straight and inquire of the house of Judas, the one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard, I've, uh, I've heard from many about this man, about the harm he has um, done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who are called on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him many things he must suffer for my name's sake. This story is, uh, we, we skipped the, the really, if you ever sort of often preach on this sort of story, um, you focus primarily on the conversion of, of Saul to Paul. And I know it's different for me to read the story and skip the conversion um, of, of Saul to Paul because that would be, you know, the more significant aspect of the story. But I want to focus um, on this man, Ananias, and the role that he plays that is so incredibly significant um, in this powerful encounter that, that, that Saul has with God. But what I want you to see is, as we're looking today, and, and as I'm we're talking about people's calling. We're praying for those that are going back into the education field and praying for the calling that God has for your life. Every single person in here, you need to be reminded um, that there is a call of God upon your life. That it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter how young you are, it doesn't matter how tall or how short or how good looking you may feel that you are and really you're not or maybe you're not good looking at all. But there is a call of God upon your life. 
that you were created with a plan and a purpose that God wants you to achieve. And in this story, what is so interesting about this story is there are elements in this story when you look at what Saul is doing and what Ananias is doing, it appears like there are conflicts in the story. Because Saul has been sent, he's been given authority to go and kill disciples. That Saul has been sent with permission. You can go and kill, you can go and capture disciples. But the same time that Saul has been given authority to do this, on the flip side, you have Ananias who has been told by God that he has been called by God. He's a disciple. So while, while Saul is killing disciples, God is calling disciples. It, 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 it's, this, it's this conflict, it, it's this clash. It feels like something's working against the calling of God upon Ananias, so much so that, that Saul has been given not just authority to capture disciples, but to capture disciples of a specific town, that being Damascus. But guess where Saul is from? Saul, uh, guess where Ananias is from? Ananias is from Damascus. So again, we see this, this, this conflict. You look at this story and it, and it looks like there is this, there's this calling on, on one side. Ananias has this calling, but then there is also all of this, this conflict. There is, there, is, there is this conflict and there is this calling. What is a conflict? A conflict is a, is a clash. Something that, that seemingly is working against or pushing against something else. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, just for these next few minutes, is I want to talk about the conflict in your calling. The conflict in your calling. Because as I shared earlier, we all have a calling upon our life. But there are things within your calling that appear actually like they're conflicts. My son is two. Luca is his name. I talk about him often and one day he's going to hear all of these recordings and be probably bitter and need to go to counselling. But until that time, I'm going to make the most of it. He's two, he turns three in November. The other day I said to him, Luca, he loves going outside. Anything to do with the outdoors or swimming or jumping and running, he's into it. So I said, Luca, I said, we're going to go. Do you want to go? I said to him, do you want to go to the pool? And of course, this moment, his face lights up. His eyes are like, the pool, the pool, the pool. Takes off running for the front door. He is ready to go. He is bang, he is there. He doesn't need to be prepared. He doesn't need to be encouraged into it. He doesn't need to be talked into it. You drop it, he's ready to roll. He's with you. He is your ride or die. We are going to the pool. So he takes off running to the front door and he's standing at the front door and he's just saying, pull, pull, pull. But then suddenly I realise there are things that I need to do first before we actually go to the pool. Do you ever get like that as parents? You give them too much information too early. It's too much vision, isn't it? They can't handle because what I remember, he's at the door, but now what I'm doing is I remember that in the garage, we need to get his floaty. I need to put him into the little, the little cart that we have that pulls him and I need to get sunscreen and I need to get snacks and I need to get drinks. But he doesn't understand all of that. All he knows in his mind is we're going to the pool. So now I have a two-year-old full of vision 
standing at the front door. Now I'm trying to convince him, hang on buddy, we're not gonna go now. <laughs> we'll go soon. Do you ever talk to them like they're 20? Like in a few minutes, like I need to just stay, listen, Luca, Luca, Luke, Paul, Paul, that's all he's saying. Paul, 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 Paul at the door. But what I need him to do is, We've got to go, he's at the front door and the way our house is, we have over to the side, we have a side door that goes through the garage. So it's through the garage, it's back here, the front door's down the hallway. I have a side door into the garage where we need to actually go into the garage to get all of the stuff that we need to get. So he's, he's at the front door because he's ready to go. And he knows that outside the front door, that's where the pool is. But what I, what I watched him the other day, I was watching him and, and I said, buddy, I've got to get, we've got to get your floaties. Do you, you ever trying to explain something to a two-year-old? Do you just feel like an idiot? Because they're looking at you so blank-faced. They've got no idea what you're saying, but you're trying so hard. Like, your float, oh, we've got to get your floaties and sunscreen. And he's looking at me and he's looking back at the front door and he was caught in this place of conflict. Because, and he let go of the door because he trusts his dad, but he also knows what he wants. So he's pulling away from the front door. So he's caught in this in-between place and he looks back at the front door and then he's like, and he keeps doing these ones. And, 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 and it's a silly story, but sometimes I feel like that's where we are when it comes to our calling, where we know what we want. But God calls us sometimes to do certain things that at times it feels like we're going in the opposite direction to where we feel like we are called to go. But what I was trying to do with Luca was I had a greater understanding that while it felt like for that moment he was gonna be walking backwards, it was a necessary journey that we needed to take that was actually gonna prepare him to where he wanted to go and what he was called to do. It was this conflict in the moment. And that's where I think we get lost as Christians when it comes to our calling. It's in the hallway where the conflict happens, where it's the battle in between my plan and God's purpose. And we know what we want and we believe it's from God and it is from God. You're both focused on the same thing. It's just how you're gonna get there might be different. There might be a little bit of conflict in your calling. And this is what happens with Ananias. You have to understand, God comes to Ananias and I want you to write down a couple of quick things in regard to your calling. And some, this is like a little heads up, some, some conflicts in your calling where there will be moments where it'll appear like you're walking away from what you're called to but really it's God's hand that's guiding and directing you. And there's mission to His madness sometimes that if you trust Him and go with Him, He's actually equipping you better for where it is that He's called you to go. God comes to Ananias and this is so interesting to me that God says to Ananias, understand Ananias knows Saul. He has heard of Saul. He knows Saul's reputation. He knows that Saul is in town right now. Ananias, we don't know a lot about Ananias. We just pick up this story 
First, we meet Ananias where God calls Ananias by his name. God just says to him, Ananias, stop. And then God waits for a response. Now you need to understand Ananias in this place right now, he has every reason to be frustrated or agitated because Ananias is under attack. Saul is on his way to Ananias town with authority to take out Ananias and his church and his family. Ananias has every reason in this moment to be frustrated at God. Ananias needs a breakthrough. Ananias needs God to turn it around. Ananias has every possible reason to be annoyed with the situation, to wish it was different. He has every reason, every right to be full of fear, to be full of anxiety, to be stressed out. He is under attack. The church is under attack. And God comes to Ananias and says, Ananias, and look at Ananias says, here I am, God. There's so much in this church that I want you to see that's actually powerful. That all of what what happens from this moment, that, that Ananias is about to play a significant role in the conversion of what will be known as the greatest apostle of all time, that being Saul, the conversion of Saul, to Paul and it hinges upon one man's response to God calling his name. Ananias says, here I am God. The first conflict in your calling is I want you to write down, it's the conflict of big purpose that comes in small packages. You think about this, Paul, Paul, how many letters in the New Testament? 13 letters that Paul Paul has written in the New Testament. One of the greatest apostles of all time. We know the conversion of Saul to Paul. And right in the middle, you have this man, Adonais, who he's responsible, his calling is to disciple this apostle. And all of this hinges on one small little seemingly insignificant response to just so so small that we skip over it. We, we skip, you read the story, God comes, Ananias says, Ananias, Ananias says, here I am, Lord, and they go on, you, you miss it. If you blink, you'll miss it because sometimes it's those little things that we think are insignificant, whereas actually a bigger purpose, it's in a small package. And if you blink, you'll miss it. It could have been a wrong response. And we would be reading about a different disciple. We wouldn't be reading about Ananias. It's the little things. It's like David. We know David, David who took out Goliath. David who was known as being a man after God's own heart. But everything that David did, it hinged upon one boy's response from the question of his dad that says, will you take this bread to your brothers? Small. What if David said, take it yourself? Call it, tell them to get Uber Eats. Tell them to Postmate it. Why I got to do it? 
One, 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 one small, it's only small. If you blink, you'll miss it. But that's the conflict in your calling that you might feel like you have a big calling and sometimes small things and small things that are on your plate and little insignificant decisions that feel like you're going backwards. Understand that while you feel like through the smallness of what you're doing right now, that the Word says that if you're faithful with the little, you will be faithful with the much. It feels like, it's a conflict. It feels like because of the small things, I'm going the wrong direction. Why am I doing this right now? Why am I battling this right now? Well, maybe God's taking you a different direction to better equip you for what it is that He's called you to do later on. It's the conflict of big purpose in small packages. The second thing that I want you to see in this calling, the second thing that I want you to see about Ananias, God comes to Ananias, The Bible says that Ananias, look at this, it says, verse 10, now he was a certain, a certain disciple at Damascus. This, listen, Ananias, this is Ananias' introduction in the Bible. This is a big moment. Like like this is, this this is a big moment. But, But look at how bad this introduction is. A certain disciple Ananias. Like that would suck, wouldn't it? Like if you've got to get up after that intro, bro, you'd be like, well, when we have a guest here and I intro them, we build it up a bit, don't we? Here he is, flew out all the way here from wherever it is. He's built this church and he's written all of these books. And he's been on these shows and he has a doctorate and he has a master. That's how we introduce people, don't we? Because it builds expectation and you're all like, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about and we're ready to celebrate them. And they're coming out the Bible, doesn't do that for Ananias. Poor Annie, he doesn't get that, bro. He just gets a certain disciple. It sounds, listen, bro, it sounds like just God just picked some random dude. Here he is, a certain disciple, Ananias. You got this, bro, go for it. Because we love to magnify qualification. We we love to elevate. And it's not bad and it's great, you know, when people are qualified, but I want you to write down the second conflict in your calling is what it is to be called, but not be qualified. See, that's a conflict, isn't it? Because it would feel like if you're called to do something that you're not qualified to do, it feels like it's a conflict, isn't it? It feels like, isn't isn't the fact that I'm not qualified going to conflict with what I'm called to? It's a conflict in your calling that God likes to use. Because the problem is, is when God calls, and I'm not talking about if you wanna be a brain surgeon, like go study, right? (laughs) I'm talking about, it's this insecurity that comes in where we start to second guess how equipped we are to do what God is calling us to do. God has a history through Scripture of calling unqualified people to do significant things. 
because He loves it. The problem is when God calls qualified people, lest they fall into the temptation when they reach success, that it was their qualification that got them the success. That's why He often skips over those that are qualified and thinks they're all that to find the humble person that knows they're not and positions them on a platform that they didn't earn and could not get on their own. So God would get the glory and not their qualifications. It's the conflict. And some of us, some of us feel like, man, I'm just, I'm not qualified enough. It's the fact that you feel unqualified that actually qualifies you to be used by God. That's why God skipped over every person in the Bible that was a battle man and went straight to that, that looked like they knew how to lead armies and went straight to a guy called Gideon that was petrified, hiding in a wine press and said, I'm gonna call you Gideon to lead a mighty army. That, that's how God works. That's, that's what He does. It's, it's the conflict. But then sometimes we have to understand, I wrote this down. What we, need to be do, what we need to do is, because we get caught, we think, well, how do I be, how do I then be confident? How do I be confident? If, if it's, it's the battle sometimes as Christians, how do we be confident, but then also be humble? And how do I know that I'm, I'm called? You know, it's like called, and, but I'm not qualified. Sometimes we get called and we, we don't know because we say, come on, man. And, and we'll get up here and we'll preach one sermon. Sermon. I'm being confident in what God's called you to do. And then we'll preach another sermon. I'm being humility. And sometimes you walk out of here feeling schizophrenic. You're like, what part of me is meant to be doing what? Like, how do I, you know what I'm saying? You know what you need to be? I wrote this down. Be shaky in your qualifications, but confident in your calling. I'm shaky. People will say, "How hey, you know you get you get up to preach? How do people have got no idea?" I'm shaky in my qualifications, but I'm confident in my calling. I'm shaky in my ability and in my strength and what I can do, but I'm confident in who my God is and what He's gonna do through me. The last thing, are you ready? Can you, you got time for one more? The last thing, listen. The, the, the Saul has been given assignment by God to kill Ananias. That, that basically, let's summarise, that, that's really what we're talking about. Saul has been asked by God, uh, by God, Saul has been given authority to go to Damascus, take out the Christians. Ananias is a disciple living in Damascus. Saul to Ananias, Saul is, Saul is, is, is the battle. Saul, Saul's what, what, what's, what's coming against me. Saul is the attack. Saul is, Saul is the fight that I'm in right now. Saul is the depression that you're experiencing. Saul is the battle that's coming against the business and the finances. Saul is the attack that's against my family. Saul is the oppression that's over my kids right now. Saul is, this, this is where he's at. I want you to see what God does. Listen, Ananias has a major battle and the battle is Saul. 
But God comes up with this plan. God says, you know what I'm going to do? How, how my, God is saying, how, how are we going to defeat? How are we going to shut Saul down? How, how are we going to do this? I know, let's, let's do it like this. God says, let's get Ananias to go to Saul. Now listen, I don't know how God does things. I, I dare say He doesn't use a committee in heaven to decide things. But if He did, if He did, that would be a great opportunity for the committee to say, God, this is not the best idea. Because look, look at this in, in practically. Ananias is the one that's facing the battle. Wouldn't you get a disciple that's maybe not from Damascus? Like this bro's under the pump right now, God. You, you mean to tell me? This is what I want you to see real quick for sake of time. The third conflict that I want you to write down is that there is blessing found in your battle. Now that's, it doesn't, doesn't, it's a conflict. It's, hang on, hang on, my, my battle, the thing I'm facing, the thing I'm up against, the thing I'm trying to avoid, the thing I'm praying God remove from me. This is what Ananias is doing. He's saying, God, get rid of this thing. And God says, no, no, no. In order for me to take you through it, I need to first take you to it. Because there's something that you will learn in the middle of your battle. There is a depth. There is, a, remember I talked uh, the week before last about greater grace that there's more for us than the entrance. We talked about Disneyland, that there's more to Disney beyond the access gate, beyond the entrance, that there's a greater grace, that there is deeper things that God wants to show you. Well, I wanna tell you that there is a depth within your spirit. There is a depth within your faith that you will learn, but you will only learn it when you are in the middle of a battle that sometimes if you wanna go deeper, it's gotta get a little bit darker before you dig for the things of God. There's something of a, of a richness in your faith that, that, that God wants you to get. And, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, we're gonna pray for people. We're gonna pray for these kids and we're gonna send them out. Come back at five o'clock and I'm gonna preach some more to you. But there's something in your battle it's a conflict. It feels like, hang on, is this not the thing I'm praying against? No, no, no. If you would recognise that the battle that you're in is not even close to the size of the God that you serve, you will get out of that battle a level of blessing that you could not find anywhere else and you'll get a maturity in your faith that'll cause you to face hell and high water and still come out giving God glory. But you didn't learn it when things were good. You learnt it in the battle, it's the blessing in the battle. Ananias had to walk up, knock on that door and ask for Saul of Tarsus. He had to look his battle in the face. Listen, he went there just on a word from God. He didn't even know all the story. 
He didn't even know that that Saul had had an encounter with God. He didn't even realise that God had actually gone before him and made a way that God had already prepared it. He was stepping out in faith on a word from God and he saw his situation turn around. It's the conflict that's within our call. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.